0: Welcome to Just a Phase, a podcast about modern parenting. Episode three. Let's get gentle.
1: Today we're going to talk about the gentle parenting movement. And if you feel judged or if you feel judgy just hearing that, um, then listen and stop being so judgy.
0: Plus, um, we'll have some updates on our lives, including my construction project that's going on, and you might hear it in the background and uh, sort of the march towards
1: Christmas that we're all headed on. Already. (laughs) Okay, well, let's get started.
0: Hey, hello. I am Whitney Crispell. I'm a mom to one-and-a-half-year-old Vivian and another baby due on its way in December.
1: And I'm Drew Ludwig. I am father to Casey, Leah, and Courtney, nine, six, and four, respectively.
0: So, before we catch up a little bit, we wanted to make a few announcements. Um, We have a Facebook page now and would love if you liked it and joined our conversations over there. You can find it at uh, facebook.com slash And
1: our plan is to post new episodes of this podcast every other Tuesday. Uh, So, set your alarm. Set your reminder weeks. Put a post-it on your mirror so you don't miss every other Tuesday.
0: And uh, finally, just a warning, we are really going to try to limit the swears on this show, but it is hosted by adults for adults, so there may be some occasional cursing, and probably from me. I'm Do really... you want
1: to curse right now, Whitney?
0: <laughs> no. I'll try really hard not to. So.
1: Okay. So uh, I asked you as soon as I showed up on your ho- at your house, and you wouldn't even answer until the microphone was turned on. Everybody has been waiting two weeks to find out, are you still itchy? Oh
0: my god, okay.
1: Can so, we change the name of the podcast <laughs> to Who's Itchy This Week?
0: Yes. I hope it's not me. Okay, so. <clears throat> Excuse me, I have a cup. Um The reason I didn't want to tell Drew is because I thought that getting his reaction might be really funny if we recorded his reaction. So I can't believe I'm going to say this. You
1: tried lotion and it worked.
0: No. Oh, okay. Well, (laughs) okay, hang on. No. So it turns out, I I do still believe that I'm itchy because I'm a pregnant woman. That is a thing. Uh I didn't make it up. But it turns out that we had scabies.
1: Wow. (laughs) Yes. This is something I totally expect in my house and not in yours.
0: <laughs> okay. Okay. One, scabies is not due to cleanliness.
1: Okay. That's
0: what the doctor told me, and I'm, uh-huh. like, clinging to that as a person. Um, two, don't worry, we don't have it anymore. I wouldn't have invited you over to record this if you were in I, I'm danger. I'm kind of
1: embarrassed that I didn't even think about that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, it turns out that um, I had little mites you Know living on my body, and that's why I was so friggin' itchy. And um,
1: so you don't have scabies anymore.
0: No, I don't have scabies <laughs> anymore.
1: Are and you're not itchy anymore?
0: I'm still a little, I'm like regular itchy for pregnant lady. Um,
1: <laughs> you <laughs> no, probably put up with scabies longer than you would oh have ordinarily because you were pregnant, probably. Like, no, happens. seriously,
0: yeah. And that, and then once. Once the other members of my family started getting itchy too, oh,
1: now I'm paranoid. Was like,
0: oh, okay, this literally this morning,
1: my one of my daughters was complaining about being itchy, and we're like, it's winter, you've got dry skin, put some lotion on. (laughs) It's
0: probably my fault.
1: Thank you for giving my kids scabies. Yeah, not due to uncleanliness. I
0: really was like, I did not, I I did not want to address this on the podcast. My husband, like, immediately thought it was hilarious. He wanted to tell his whole office, and I was like, no, you can't tell anybody. But he, Did he
1: have scabies, too? Yeah. Okay. Yeah,
0: no, He but he thinks it's, like, hilarious just because we've been so sick this fall that it's just, like, another thing and that, you know, it's, like, a funny story to tell people, and I was, like, meanwhile, I'm, like, crying and thinking about all the laundry who I have to do and being, like, this isn't funny. I'm not going to talk about it on the podcast. It's humiliating, but here I am, so... So I had scabies.
1: Okay. Yeah. And and now there's people working on your house.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. So the fun never stops there. We just started like a giant construction project basically to, without getting into the details of the layout of my house, to make our backyard accessible so that, you know, we can actually go in it and it's not like a danger zone, which it was. Yeah. Yeah. so anyway, we yeah we just started that. So if you hear some some banging on this podcast, it's it's probably because of that.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, I didn't dress up like Castro for Halloween. Okay. I didn't dress up like anything for Halloween. You were just a dad. I, I was just a dad. I did the dad thing where there was a can of Lebat Blue that went <laughs> trick or treating with us. Nice. Uh, I wasn't the only dad doing that. It makes trick or treating a lot better. Everybody survived. Um, kids wanted to go home before I was right, before I thought about it. So like, uh, that, that felt really good. It helps to have a Halloween party to come back to. Yes.
0: I, I think so too. Um, so on Halloween day, I actually had to run to Marshall's and pick up a couple things. And all the Halloween and Thanksgiving stuff was like in a back corner on clearance. And the whole store was full of Christmas stuff. Ooh. And I, you know, was just like, ugh, already. And it got me thinking. So, obviously Christmas in the retail world, busy season. Yes. Christmas in the pastor world? Is this like it's your a, Super Bowl? Like, is this just...
1: It's a big lie. Um, <laughs> oh, no, not Christmas it itself. Christmas is a lie. <laughs> no, the, idea, <laughs> the idea that... Pastors are busy at Christmas. And I hate to even call it out because it's a really convenient lie. Because people are like, oh, we'll leave you alone. It's Christmas. But, like, nobody wants to, like, nobody wants to plan extra things because they get, like, it's Christmas. People are already so busy. So, I mean, like, we light an Advent candle in church the weeks before. (laughs) Um, But, like, I do church every week uh, regardless of whether it's Christmas or not. And then, like, Christmas Eve is the one service that requires the least amount of creativity for me. Um, Because as long as we light candles and sing Silent Night, it's like... I mean, like... Yeah,
0: people are like, A-plus, great job.
1: Yeah, we... I, like, I change stuff a lot, week to week to week, but I really don't mess with Christmas. So, I mean, we have to decorate some stuff, and... But that's fun. Yeah. Oh, it's all fun. Well, it's all... It's... (laughs) Okay. I grew up... my, My father is a florist, so... Uh, I went from, like, one Christmas industry to another Christmas industry, and uh, I I I like Christmas starting on Christmas Eve. Mm. This, the Christmas season for me begins on December 24th, mm. and it's just an intrusion and a pain in my butt before then. So, okay. I'm a Grinch, but I try not to be too much of a Grinch all the time. I just keep it internal.
0: No, that makes a lot of sense. I... Yeah, I did not. um, I didn't think about it that much, but it makes sense because no one's getting married or baptizing their kid, probably
1: not on Christmas. Or, you no. know, I mean,
0: extra things. Yeah.
1: And I just announced all my grinchiness, but looking ahead to the end of the podcast, my person, place, or thing is actually a Christmas thing.
0: Ooh, okay, I'm excited.
1: Yeah. I'm excited. No, don't be too excited. <laughs> no, I mean, be very excited. Tune in and listen to the very end. <laughs> Come ed- on. It was like, okay, no false humility on a podcast. <laughs> Uh, let's, let's do today's interview.
0: Okay. Uh,
1: we sat down with Kristen McNeil to talk about gentle parenting and is is a (laughs) great conversation. We're excited to bring you her perspective on child behavior and panting, parenting, and how to implement some gentle ideas into your daily chaos.
0: Yeah. I think folks are really going to enjoy this conversation. Um, I found that when I was talking to friends and family about this topic, especially that we were going to tackle it on the podcast there were a fair amount of assumptions you know some good some not so good about attachment and gentle parenting so I'm excited to have people hear Kristen's take because I think she's just super down to earth and she's really reasonable and approachable Um, so I also want to say please bear with us on the audio quality of this interview we know there's a little bit of a rattle at different points in the interview and I swear you're going to get used to it
1: Mm -hmm. You might even begin to enjoy it. Um, Either way, we're getting better and better at using our equipment every day.
0: Yeah, that's true. True story. Um, So without further delay, gentle parenting. Today we are talking with Kristen McNeil. She is a board-certified behavior analyst with a background in school psychology She's the mother uh, to a two and a half year old girl and the founder of the Hamburg Family Center, operating out of Hamburg, New York. So, welcome, Kristen. Thank
2: you. We're really happy
0: you're here. Uh, can you start by telling us a little bit of, uh, what is gentle parenting exactly, and and maybe tell us about your path to it?
2: Sure. Uh, to me, gentle parenting is basically just respecting the child as though you know, as you would respect any but any other person in the world. Um, It differs from what we consider traditional parenting in that traditional parenting doesn't really respect the child and that, you know, you have statements like, oh, he's acting like a child and things like that. And we also have corporal punishment. Um, So, you know, people will spank their children when it's actually outlawed in many other countries in the world. How did you sort of come into it? How I came into dental parenting was I felt that the books that I was reading on parenting were extremely rigid and it talked a lot about schedules and I'm not a very good schedule person at all Mm -hmm. and it made me really nervous that I was going to fail at parenting because I couldn't stick to schedules, um, I couldn't, I wouldn't be able to stick to this like awful sleeping schedule and, and sleep training that I was hearing about and that I was reading about Um, and, and I knew how it worked, you know, with my background, I I knew how a sleep training schedule would work. And I just felt that that was so mean almost. (laughs) And and I didn't know how I was going to be able to handle it. So when I had my daughter, I decided that I was just going to kind of wing it. I didn't, I didn't want to read any other parenting books. In fact, the minute I would pick them up and and look through them, I would just put them back down because they would, um, make me feel a lot of stress. And, I decided that I was going to parent instinctually. And when I told my husband that he he didn't really know what I was talking about. But um but <laughs> but what I decided then was that, you know Claire couldn't sleep, and so she was going to be brought into bed with us, even though that was a huge no-no, and we even watched a video on it before we left the hospital about how terrible it was. (laughs) They
0: really really do at that point.
2: Yes, and even while we were in the hospital, you know, when I was nursing her, if I would fall asleep, a nurse would come in and scold me, and it happened several times, and I would feel just this immense guilt about it, like, oh my goodness, I'm going to kill my child if I fall asleep with her. So, um, you know... Fast forward a couple of weeks and I just decided this is not working. She has to, she can only sleep when she's with me. And so we started co-sleeping or bed sharing. And um, then I decided that I could not follow a feeding schedule very well. And I just didn't really know how to start one. And so I started just reading her cues when she was hungry. That's when I would feed her, you know, anytime, anywhere, that, that was it. And... Some people were, would question me a little bit, you know, well, she really shouldn't be sleeping with you, and when are you going to put her in her, in her crib? And, and I would just, oh, when she's a little bit older, when she's a little bit older, and I started realizing that I needed something to back me up than just saying, like, I'm just doing this by the seat of my pants, guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and I needed something for my husband, too, who was also very nervous about these, about these things that I was doing. And that's when I found a book called The Other Baby Book, And um, that, when I just skimmed through that, it validated me so much. It was everything that I was doing. You know, it it talked about sleeping and how you could bed share, you could co-sleep, and there are babies who can sleep by themselves, and then there are babies who cannot, and that's okay. Talking about staying away from scheduling, like sleep scheduling and feeding scheduling and things like that, and, and just parenting by cues, like reading your child and parenting that way, because that is the ultimate respect. Because after all, your child is his own human being, and he's not going to follow your schedule. He's going to follow his own schedule. Um, so that was that was an amazing find.
1: Does that philosophy, like your your kid is two and a half, right? Yeah. So I've got a, a four year old and a six year old and a nine year old. Yeah. And I love them. <laughs> but they are not good at making their own schedule <laughs> right like right do, do you do you get away from that at some point I think
2: you know a, a lot of families get really nervous because there are people and I have friends who who thrive on schedules and they they need that structure and and of course children need structure and and what I think I I tend towards is I might not have a specific time schedule, but, of course, we follow a routine. Right. There's always a routine to your day, you know, Um, and I I think that's where where the difference comes in. So, of course, as your children get older, you can set routines for them and stay consistent with that, Mm -hmm. and they'll get used to it, but, you know, they are their own people so if they are completely resistant to a certain routine it's important to read that and to say okay what's not working here let's let's see let's see if we can move this around a little bit yeah so but
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh so can you talk a little bit too i mean so so you found this philosophy in your and 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 it validated you and you have Used it in your personal life as yeah. a mother, but you also have started to. At some point, you made a switch and wanted to share it with other people, which is actually how you know we found you. I'm a member of a of a Facebook group that Kristen moderates called Gentle Parenting of Western New York. Um, but I would talk a little bit about what made you decide that this was something you needed to sh- you needed to share and help others access.
2: Well, I, I belong to a bunch of other groups on Facebook, and I started reading um, questions from other moms about behavior issues that their children were having, and I would comment in occasionally, um, because of my background, I, I like to think that I have some knowledge in this area, and um, so I, I would comment in and, and offer some advice and everything, and this, I I. I became frustrated with some other comments that i was reading from parents um that it it just did not seem nice what they were doing to their kids and what they were offering these other parents and i would watch these i would watch these threads and they would just spiral out of control with you know send your child to bed with no dinner they'll learn their lesson and things like that i was like that is that is awful like the your child is three years old. Why would you send them? That's just going to make the situation worse, first right. of all. And second of all, it's mean. <laughs> Why would you do that to your child? Um, so after one particular frustrating experience with that, I decided, and I've thought about it for a little while, but you know, running a, moderating a Facebook group is can, can be a lot of work depending on how much work you <laughs> put
0: into it. And I, I think especially. And sorry, Drew. This you didn't yeah. tell you wrong, but the mommy Facebook group thing.
2: I've avoided those. They
0: can they can be really rough, and, yeah. and
2: that was another reason too. I I was just really down about these. I don't know, you know, the mommy wars and mm-hmm. how everybody was just you know, bickering and and putting putting each other down. It just didn't seem like a really good situation. You know, we should be building each other up. We should be supporting each other and, and spreading good information. And so, I decided to start Gentle Parenting in Western New York. And I contacted a few people who had specifically said in other groups, you know, that they followed attachment parenting or followed positive parenting. And I just, you know, wrote to them and I said, you know, I saw that you were interested in this, and I am starting this other group just specifically for this. So if you're interested, um, I'd love to have you. And most of them said yes, and it grew from there. And it was it was really nice for a little while because we just had like 80 members, and it was so it was very small and intimate, and um, there was a lot of discussion going back and forth, and and it was phenomenal. And now we're we're almost up to 400 members, and it's still really great. But now we're we're getting into some issues. You know, because you have a lot of differing opinions and, and things like that, so it takes a little bit more moderation. But it's still an amazing group and, and my favorite, actually, and not mm-hmm. just because I moderated. Are, <laughs> no,
1: are you a gentle moderator?
2: I am a gentle <laughs> moderator. I will confirm that.
0: You do a great job of reminding people to be nice to each other right? <laughs> yes. and, and gentle with themselves, too. Yeah. Which actually brings up what, what I want to talk about a little bit is this idea of of judgment so when you talking, like your example of someone sending their their kid to bed without dinner there might be people who are listening to this that have done that yeah parenting is hard and sometimes you lose it oh absolutely you know (laughs) and and i think also when you start to get into some of these parenting movements like attachment parenting positive parenting even gentle parenting folks can get defensive when they hear that like absolutely well Fine, I guess I'm like a rough parent <laughs> or a negative parent, but, you know. Right. And, and then close themselves off to it. So, can you talk a little bit about about I guess that judgment from others and also the judgment of yourself and and how to yeah like, I guess how how to, how you deal with it how yeah. you think others should
2: yeah You know, I I really believe because this is true. Every parent loves their child and wants to do what's absolutely best for their child, and they're going to. They're going to do what's best for their child, and, and you know as as much as they know how to. And I think that's that's great. Um, I also think though that they're going to parent mostly how they were parented, and if they were not happy being parented the way they were parenting, they kind of come to this you know this disagreement within themselves. Um, on one hand, they want to defend that because of course they love their parents or, or most most of us do. Mm-hmm. Um, and on the other hand, they don't, they, they kind of have this war within themselves because they know that what they're doing to their child is probably not very nice, but they feel that in order for their child to learn to be a good adult, mm-hmm. this has to happen. And so what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to say, no, your child will be a good adult. They, they will. Most of us are really great adults. Um, <laughs> you don't have to, to do these things because I'm sure it feels very uncomfortable for you. You know, you have you have the, the statement that parents will say if they're, you know, spanking their child or sending their child to their room, you know, this hurts me more than it hurts you. Like, yes, it hurts a parent to do those kinds of things. And um, so I'm just saying, like, you don't have to do that. You don't. You make everyone feel good in the house, all the time, as much as possible. Um, but yeah, the judgment and the defensiveness do come in. Defensiveness because that's how they were parented, and this is what they know how to do. And they, no one ever wants to think, I'm a bad parent. That's an awful thing to think. Right. And then the judgment comes in because you do have other parents who will come in, and, and they may hear of your you know, your discipline practices and immediately jump to conclusions, like, you know, and say, that's wrong, you shouldn't be doing that. And so you, you do have this war that goes on and uh, and that's part of the gentle parenting um, and why I try to be a gentle moderator and I try to run the group um, and, and model how I treat people, how we should be treating our children, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> so.
0: It does. It does. Yeah. Um, so maybe we can talk a little bit about... Practically, how to if someone's hearing this and they want to think, okay, I want to get started on gentle parenting. Um, one of the questions that I that that I had about this when I first started was timeouts. Yeah. Um, so my, my daughter's 18 months old, and she's so she's just starting. I've never, I don't, yeah, I don't think I've ever put her in timeout yet. It Just I don't know. I haven't done it yet, <laughs> but it seems like a, like this near universal parenting thing. Yeah. And um and I think I'm under the impression that in gentle parenting, that's not encouraged.
2: So there's a different, There, there's the traditional timeout, which means you, you know, your child does something inappropriate and you put your child in their bedroom or in a chair or something like that for, for almost like a cool down period. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you did this, I need you to just sit here and, and take a break for a minute. Um, a lot of times, that's just for the parent's benefit, so maybe they can go clean up the mess that was yeah. made or something like that. And, and that's okay. Um, but really, what timeout means in behavior analysis is that the full name is timeout from reinforcement. And so what that is, is you are taking away the reinforcement of whatever is encouraging that behavior to keep continuing. Right. So <clears throat> I use the example of my daughter will be standing, you know, one night she was standing next to me while I was actually running the book club, and she was on her computer, um, because I was on mine, and she started taking things from the counter and just dropping them on the floor and dropping them on the floor, and it was a fun sound she was making. Like She was enjoying that, and I would tell her please don't do that. And she would stare at me and then I'd do it again. And so what I did was I took her down from her chair and I set her on the ground. And that is a timeout for reinforcement. So the sound of the objects hitting the floor was reinforcing to her and I removed that reinforcement. So I removed that she didn't have access to the objects and she didn't have access to, you know, throwing it on the floor. That was, that's timeout. Mm-hmm. Um, she cried a little bit. She wanted to come back up, and so I said, you know, if you come back up, I can't have you keep throwing things on the floor. Okay, I brought her back up, lasted about five minutes and started again, so I, I again, took her down, and I just said, I'm, I'm really sorry, um, but you have to stay down here now because I can't have you throwing things on the floor. And that was it. She was a little upset, and then, and then uh, she went off and played, and it was fine. That is a timeout from reinforcement. You're just removing the objects or the whatever is reinforcing the behavior. So does that answer your question? Yeah. That makes a lot
1: of sense. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, it's well, so um, you've avoided reading parent, parenting books. <laughs> I I have too. So like I get little pieces here and there and uh,
2: I am reading them now as okay. part of our book club. Okay. I, I've made a point to read gentle parenting and attachment parenting books. Um, but traditional mainstream parenting books, I, I you put them up on the show. <laughs> <You too, yeah. laughs>
1: so, um, but one of the things that I've seen just, just in dealing with kids, like sometimes, um, the, the attention from you is the reinforcer, right? Absolutely. Um, but you like, and I think this is out of attachment parenting, but like I've read like
0: but yeah. <laughs> uh, so,
1: but uh, um, so my kids are um, adopted. They were foster kids before yes. that, and you have to be very, very careful with foster kids and adoptive kids t- using timeouts because um, you don't want to uh, to send the message like I need you to be away from me, right? Yeah, right? But but at the same time, like sometimes they will do like just like ridiculous stuff to get the interaction with yeah. you.
0: And you need them to be away from me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I need the, I need need the, the break. <laughs>
1: sometimes you need a break, but sometimes I just need them to stop doing the ridiculous stuff. Absolutely. And I don't want to, like, reinforce that by giving them my attention.
2: Yeah. Right? So there is something called, um, you know, the, there's there's the functions of behavior. And there, there's a few, and there's, there's four main ones. Um, and one of those is attention. If, if you think that the behavior... Um, the function of the behavior or the why they're engaging the behavior is to gain your attention, then that is absolutely an appropriate time to do a, a timeout from you, meaning, you know, I need you to go cool off in your room for a few minutes. Right. Or um, can you please go in the other room for me? Or, I'm, or just remove yourself. Yeah. I'm going to go in the kitchen. I need a couple minutes to calm down. Mm-hmm. You can stay here. And, And then you, you remove yourself. So yes, um, there are times when, when attention is the function and you have to remove the attention piece because that that's what's maintaining the behavior. Okay.
0: Do you think that will work? I don't, so so this
1: is where, like, I want to write a parenting book that says, like, nothing works all the time.
2: (laughs) Absolutely true. I tell parents all the time, you have to have, you have to have a lot of tools in your toolbox because what works one day is not going to work the next day. It, it absolutely will not,
1: you know. And also be consistent. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm sorry, yeah. I'm just going to, no, I'm going right. to write the
1: book that makes everyone feel guilty all the time, so they just give up <laughs> and be like, okay, just, just I can I don't even care.
2: <laughs> yeah, um, you know, you're absolutely right. You, on one hand, you have to maintain consistency. On the other hand, you have to have a lot of things in your toolbox because, Kids are always growing and changing, and we're always learning from our environment and uh-huh. from our behavior, so you might do one thing one day, and they're going to learn, okay, so now they're going to know, you know, if you, they're going to, they're going to know kind of what, what gets a rise out of you almost, right. you know what I mean, and if they're looking for that facial, that funny facial expression you make when you get mad,
1: yeah.
2: Um, and you learn, you learn that, and you're like, well, I'm not going to make that facial expression, you know, when they do this they're going to find something else if they want to make that <laughs> you want, they want you to make that facial expression um, so yes be consistent but change it up got
1: it <laughs> <laughs> that'll be a chapter in the book okay.
0: <laughs> I want to see you write it though. <laughs> I do too okay. <laughs> um, so uh, so uh, I'll talk about something that's going on um, with my daughter. Maybe you can you can give some advice. Sure. Um, so she's like I said, she's 18 months old. Um, she's very very physical and active, which maybe just all 18 month olds are. I don't know. She seems crazy, um, <laughs> but she's really fun. Anyway, she throws things. Yeah. And it started with her food. So actually, um, in the gentle parenting group, I think I saw someone else ask this question. Got some advice. Which was basically, like, if she's throwing her food at the end of her meal, you're not paying attention to her cues that she's done eating. Which turned out to be really pretty true. Mm-hmm. Sometimes she throws them to be funny and she really is still hungry. But most often when she starts throwing food. So, okay, so we got that down. <laughs> but now she also just throws everything. Like, if, if I ask her for something, um, instead of handing it to me, she throws it to me. Um, you know... It, Sometimes she throws them at other people, you know. It, so it's, so it's, it's starting to become a, a little bit of an issue. Do you have any advice on that? Yeah. So along with knowing the,
2: the function of the behavior, the why, you there's also knowing what's motivating that behavior. And I always tell parents, um, you know, when they ask me, how do I get my child to do this? Like, well, you have to figure out how to motivate them to do that. What what, you know, if you want them to do this particular thing instead of this, how can you make this one over here that you want them to do more motivating than what they're doing? So with the throwing, you know, you already said you found out that sometimes, you know, there are cues that she'll give that she's done. And so you can, you know, remove her plate before she starts throwing. Um, but on the other hand, you know, if she is still hungry and she's throwing food, what's motivating that? Sometimes... Food is fun to throw. It makes funny noises. It looks funny. And you probably have the best reaction to it when it happens. So that is extremely motivating for her. It can be very motivating for a child. Um, So you have to find, you know, how you can motivate her to to make make the not throwing the food or or keeping the food on the plate the more motivating factor. Hmm. Same with throwing things. And at 18 months, she's still, you know, she's still developing and she's discovering what her body can do. So throwing something seems like a lot more fun and, and, you know, feeling like, you know, your muscles. And I think I was explaining this to another mom before, like, it is fun to just wind up your arm and throw things, you Mm -hmm. know, see how far it can go. They're just still discovering themselves. But so now, you know, she's throwing everything at you. So now make it more motivating to her to just hand it to you. And the way you do that, we call that, um, like, differential reinforcement. So what that means is that you are reinforcing one thing and not reinforcing the other. So if she throws it at you, don't reinforce that with, you know, whatever words you're using. um, You know, coming over, giving her lots of attention. Like, I really asked you to hand this to me, and I don't want you throwing it to me. Oh, why would you throw that at me again? Did you know you can break this? Like, please don't throw that. That's a lot of attention that sometimes can be very reinforcing for a child. Instead of she throws it, you just you just take it. Now, if she happens to hand you something, thank you. Thanks for handing it to me. That was really awesome. Mm-hmm. I like how you did that. Let's practice that again.
1: <laughs> you know? <laughs> oh, that's a good
2: idea. I definitely am
0: guilty of being like Ah! We all, yeah, we that's all that's are! We, we all are. And,
2: and, you know, that that brings up another thing with gentle parenting is a lot of, a lot of times parents get frustrated with some of my advice because they're like, how how can you be like that all the time? You cannot. No, you can't. We are human. Yeah, I was <laughs> going to th- ask you. You're, you're not, good. like, perfect all the time. No! <laughs> absolutely not. We we freak out sometimes yeah. as parents. Yeah.
1: But, uh, so, it seems like, and... but. If you're attracted to gentle parenting, yeah. it's probably because even though we all freak out, like you are by nature a gentle person or a more Maybe. gentle person. <laughs> I don't know. Well, so uh, let's not make it personal. personal. <laughs> Assuming that there are people that are more gentle, okay. they're going to be attracted to gentle parenting. Sure. And And the people that are more gentle are probably more likely to have gentle children right? I don't we, know. Uh, oh, so maybe I'm stretching.
2: I don't know. You know, I, I see where you're going with this, but I, I, this is the, where The my, last move
1: was that my children are not gentle.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, and, and kids are not really going to be gentle. You might seem, see some children who are very gentle and, and calm and you think, oh my God. How did they do that? I want my child to be like that. No, it's not. That's not everybody's reality. It's not my reality. My child can be really loud, and right now she likes to hit me and like push my face, you know. And, and I don't know where she learned this, but she'll like ball and put her hand into a fist and like put it to my face as though she's punching me. I'm like, where does a two and a half year old learn that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but so no, you know, every every child is different. Um. It is important to be authentic. I don't think that I am. I, I think yes, I, I am a gentle person. I like to think that I'm a gentle person, but I am not always a gentle person. Right. And if I get mad, I, I get mad. Uh-huh. You know, and um, I'm sure I have lots of friends and family that can, you know, testify. <laughs> <that. Yeah>, absolutely, testify <laughs> to that. I I think. My husband is actually the very gentle one in our household. And so he is the one that kind of keeps me on track and calm Mm -hmm. um, because he is very level headed and even keel. And and I love arguing with people. And that's not something that um, a lot of people really know too much about, especially people who just meet because I don't really argue all that often. But I, I love to argue. And I will pick arguments with my husband just because it's, it's exciting for me. And he refuses to engage me in that. And so I have learned... Do
1: you have arguments <laughs> with your
2: kids <kidding laughs> <stuff? laughs> Sometimes we do. Sometimes we haven't. Now that she talks, it's getting a little bit more exciting. Um, but I have learned that he will not really engage me in... in, in frivolous arguments or something like that. So so I have learned to to try and have those discussions in other more meaningful ways that, that are more meaningful to him. And that makes a lot of sense.
1: This is totally a tangent, so we shouldn't yeah. take it. But I can just imagine a person having an argument affair. <laughs> my husband will argue with me so I'm fighting with this guy on the
0: side. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's hilarious.
2: Oh, affair. oh yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I like talking to people. I like being challenged, and uh, it and makes just, you a good Facebook group moderator. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> I, guess <so. laughs>
2: I guess so. I guess what I but what, what I try to, uh, um what I try to refrain from on on the group is is too much argument. Yeah, I like the challenge. I like for people to um it be engaged and and say what they're thinking, but. There's a very thin line that you walk when when you allow people to do that. So um, I try to ha- keep everybody just with, you know, stating facts, stating their own experiences. And then apart from that, they can't really get too much deeper because when you, when you let emotion take over, that's when you start having name-calling and you start having a lot of the judgment. Mm-hmm. So it can be a very fine line. But... But yeah, so back to your initial question about gentle people are more attracted to gentle parenting. The behavior analyst in me tends to say, you know, maybe by name. I, yeah. Like, sure, sure, a gentle person will be attracted to something called gentle whatever. But I think behavior-wise, anybody... Can engage, can can be this kind of parent, whether they consider themselves gentle or not, whether they are gentle or not. It's it's all about your behavior, mm-hmm. and and you can always change
0: your own behavior. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and we just we talked about that a little bit with people getting hung up and, and defensive with the names like positive parenting and attachment and, mm-hmm. and gentle. Um, but I that's why I like sort of when you were describing it, just this. This way, just and when I talk to people about it, you know, I've I've used that description of seeing your child as a person with needs and wishes,
1: yeah, and
0: opinions, Absolutely. and sometimes they're not going to be appropriate, but that they're there, and that can help you at least start to figure out where they're coming from. Absolutely, and it doesn't mean that you know. They're gonna get away with everything. Um, But but it just it gives you it's just it's a tool to help you navigate their behavior. Right. I guess right.
2: I like to say I always like to give the example, you know, imagine that you are in, in the workplace and either you're a boss or you're an employee and how do you want that relationship to work? Okay. If you're the boss are you going to dictate to your employee all the time what they should be doing every, every minute? Are you going to be micromanaging them? Are you going to be, um, you know, telling them that if they don't do something, then they're going to be punished? Like, that's not really how you treat your employees if you want your employees to stay with you and work with you. And on the other hand, if you're an employee, um, think about how you want your own boss to be treating you. Do you want your boss to be, um, you know, taking very intimidating, you know, stances over you and, you know, yelling at you? No one wants their boss to yell at them. How does that make you feel when your boss yells at you? Like, Hmm? I'm leaving. How dare you yell at me? Well, can you imagine, you know, in that same scenario between a parent and a child and the child is getting yelled at, the child learns to just tune that out? You know, like, they don't, and, and with children... They, the difference between the employees and the children is that children are too young to defend themselves, they don't have enough knowledge to know how to defend themselves, um, and you have already as, as the parent exerted your, your power over them, so they just feel helpless. And so they really If don't they were it. an
1: employee they'd be fired just <laughs> <seriously>. <laughs> like yes. you were not qualified for this <laughs> job. <laughs>
2: There,
1: obviously, That's stretching the metaphor. There's going to be flaws with the
2: metaphor. There's flaws with every metaphor because it's not the exact situation. But what's
1: great about the metaphor yeah. is like so many like people that are like, oh, gentle parenting, come on. Yeah. They're, like, they're like, this is my company and I'm the boss. Absolutely. right? And they feel like in gentle parenting they're not the boss. And it's good for... For them, for, I don't know if I'm gentle or not, I I try not to be mean, so (laughs) maybe that makes me a gentle parent. I think my kids are people, and I'm not going to be mean to them. (laughs) So that makes me a gentle parent, but I'm a gentle parent. Absolutely. Um, But, like, sometimes people think, like, oh, well, this gentle parenting, it feels like the kids are the boss, and I'm the employee. Yeah. So.
2: It really, you know, it really can, and you do have parents say, you know, this is my house, and this is how we do things here, and that is... Fine. That's fine if that's how you want to take it. Just know that your children are their own people, and they may disagree with you. Yeah. And whether they voice it or not, whether they've learned that they can voice their disagreement or not, um, you you might be encountering some friction later on.
1: Well, and that's the other thing that we see in the metaphor. Like, not only do we not fire the employees, right? But if an employee gets a bad boss, they don't have the luxury and the power to say, "Well, I quit." a different
2: job absolutely yeah your kids don't have that luxury at all so so they're they're kind of you, you're you're stuck with each other absolutely <laughs> but um but like you have an employee who who doesn't have a very good boss that employee is not really being motivated to do their job very well right they're just going to kind of do the bare minimum come in you know they're going to show mm-hmm. up and then they're going to leave every day that's kind of how your child is going to be too he's going to he's going to show up
0: do and just then what you... it
1: takes to not get yelled at absolutely yep. absolutely
0: yeah so if people have heard, have listened to this today and they want to get more into it, yeah. um, what are some resources, books, websites, you know, yeah. even like another Facebook group, if someone's not from Western New York, are, are there other groups around that they could join? Absolutely. You know, uh, there's some really
2: great sites. Um, Dr. Laura Markham, uh, she has, she's an author and she, she's written several books, Um And she runs a a website, ahaparenting.com. She's a really great resource. Uh, L.R. Nost is another fantastic gentle parenting resource. Um, She's also an author. And I believe her website is littleheartsbooks.com. Rebecca Eanes. And I cannot remember her website off the top of my head. She's also an author. And, And then, of course, Attachment Parenting International, um, is a good one. And janetlandsberry.com she's she's an, another really great author, and she has a fantastic site too. So there's there's tons of resources out there. Um, we actually run, you know, you've been a part of a book club as it runs every other week, mm-hmm. where we've been reading a lot of these authors' books and then discussing them. So it's it's been really interesting, a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, and we'll put some of those, um, those links and titles in the notes for, for this episode. Nice. Um, so people could access them, but yeah, I definitely, the, one of the ones you mentioned, Janet Lansbury, I bought her, if that's her name, right? Janet Lansbury. Yeah. I bought her book, No Bad Kids, Mm -hmm. Toddler Discipline Without Shame, and so my husband and I have been reading it, and we haven't finished it, because I just, I don't know, I don't finish books, but but it's been really helpful. When we've had an issue, we've, like, we've turned to it, and we're like, oh, that say? you know, and, um, yeah. So. Yeah, yeah it's it, the resources out there are,
2: are fantastic, and you don't really hear about them all too often. You just hear about you know the mainstream books, and um, and like you said, people take a look at this stuff for you know gentle parenting and think like, really, <laughs> really gentle parenting.
1: Well, and we so <laughs> <laughs> like, and this is not a book that I recommend, but this just <laughs> illustrates like you you parent. You know the way that your parents parented you, right? Yeah. So the parenting book that my parents read because of me, <laughs> because <laughs> of you, oh, no. <laughs> was uh, something like parenting a strong-willed child. <laughs> oh yeah. Don't I don't plug that book? No. Okay. <laughs> don't don't read that book. I've um, only
2: heard of it. I haven't actually. Read yes,
1: it. but. I was a strong-willed child, <laughs> um, and, and my parents—they weren't mean. So yeah, you you can work with you know adamant kids and not uh,
2: absolutely. Yeah, so. absolutely, yeah. This works for any child, it, it, you know. And what I try to do is I try to try to base it in behavior analysis, and um, not many people are familiar with behavior analysis because usually behavior analysts work with children with autism,
1: mm-hmm. but
2: it's it's. A behavior science that can be used anywhere um, mm. with any living being, actually. So, what I try to do is I try to take those methodologies, those um, those points, and tie them in to show, to back up, you know, gentle parenting philosophies. To say like this stuff works, right? And it's backed by science, mm-hmm. you know. So, so it can happen. It can be used with anyone.
1: I. Um Whitney, let's make a plan for like (laughs) two years and four years on our calendar out. Okay. This podcast is definitely going to be long Yeah. Oh,
0: yeah.
1: Um, And by that point, we'll be national stars. (laughs) Okay. And it'll be Gentle Parenting... Older kids, elementary school kids. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you could talk about it now. Yeah. But I want to hear from <laughs> an experience.
2: I know that that's the whole thing too. I get. I sometimes I get a little nervous, you know. I, I because I have a two and a half year old, and I have parents who will ask advice for children who are older, and I'm always careful to. This is say, what the books say. <laughs> this this is how you should be doing. This is how I've worked with other with other children this age. And then I, I'm nervous that they're going to come back and say something like, well, you don't have the experience. But, you know, honestly, we as parents, when we're having trouble, oftentimes we seek out professionals and those professionals might not have children either, but they're professionals and that's what I am. I'm a professional and I might not have the, that experience with older children yet right. as my own, but I have experience working mm-hmm. with all, all ages yeah. and all abilities.
0: And you'll only become more experienced. I'll as only you. become more experienced
2: I <laughs> as I yeah, work through my own parenting journey. <laughs> cool. Well, thank you so much
0: for talking with us today, Kristen. Yeah, it's been really you. nice and informative Absolutely. and yeah. thank you. That's and I okay. feel like Drew's gonna think a lot about his gentleness. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm gonna go home and be gentle. I think you should write a book called The Strong Willed Parent.
0: Yeah. Oh,
1: no. <laughs>
0: That's a trouble, Wait, nothing but... works all the time.
1: <laughs> yeah, the, the first book I ever write is Nothing Works All the Time. <laughs> For everyone. <laughs> Love it. Yeah.
0: Okay, well thanks again. Yeah, thank you. I love talking with her so much that I think she stayed for like another 45 minutes or so after we stopped recording.
1: Yeah, maybe next time we'll record it, we'll have the After Podcast podcast.
0: Yeah, I think it's a good idea.
1: So, um, do you have or have you used any gentle parenting techniques since we sat down and learned from Kristen?
0: I have. Um, I definitely have. I've been thinking about it a lot. And that actually is a great segue to my person, place, or thing.
1: Ooh, tell us.
0: Um, so... Kristen mentioned this author, and, and I talked about it and recommended her book, Janet Lansbury. Um, she's a, you know, a gentle parenting, attachment parenting author. And I discovered that she has a podcast called Unruffled. So I'm actually going to recommend her her podcast. It's kind of both a person and a thing, actually.
1: And she's um, going to recommend us back. And
0: yeah. <laughs> and then we'll both be on each other's. No. I, I'm going to recommend that. and. And I really like it because she keeps it super short. So she, I, her podcast is like seven to 10 minutes each little episode. And she tackles a specific question or issue. So you can just sort of scroll through the feed of available, um, you know, available topics and, and episodes. Like the one that I listened to was about um, tantrums. And, you know, Viv is just starting to have a couple of those. Um, here and there, and so I thought, oh, I'm going to listen to what she has to say about this, and it was super helpful, and I've been putting it into practice, so I highly recommend that. It's called Unruffled. Um, we'll put a link up uh, you know, to the podcast page, but check it out. What about All you? Right.
1: So maybe everyone has already seen this, and uh, it's that super annoying because it works Ikea ad is my thing have Mm. you seen it's not even a a, no it's Spanish Ikea
0: but I just think it's interesting that you're posting about like a viral parenting thing or you're not posting you're talking about it (laughs) someone else posted it and enough people
1: did like the first four times I ignored it no I like it (laughs) it's it's a Spanish Ikea ad okay and they sit down kids and they tell them to write letters to the three kings which is like Spanish Santa Claus And they write, oh, I want a bike and I want all this stuff, right? And then they're like, okay, now write a letter to your parents and tell them what you want. And it's like, I want to spend time with you. I want to... Yeah, I know, right? But
0: it's moving. It's good.
1: Well, because there's a twist. There's more, but you're going to have to click on the ad. uh, And I don't care about IKEA furniture. um, (laughs) But it actually did uh, get me to... Well, I mean, I think I already pay a lot of attention to my kids. But, like, I had a choice. Or it's like, ah, go away for a second. Or, okay, we'll spend time together. And I did it because the ad was in my head.
0: Oh, nice. Yeah. I like it.
1: Thank you. Okay, I'm going to check
0: it out after this.
1: Yeah, and I think we can post it to the show notes page and things like that. Yeah,
0: we will. Um, Okay, folks, so that's it for today. Um, As always, you can email us your thoughts on the show or your ideas for future topics. Um, to just a phase podcast at gmail.com. Thank you to everybody who's already made suggestions. We've gotten some really great ones and we're working on it.
1: You can also find us at justafazepodcast.tumblr.com, and that's where we will post links to advertisements for furniture you put together yourself, <laughs> uh, as well as episodes of resources that come up during our discussions.
0: Uh, and finally, please, please, please um, subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and review it. Reviewing is is a really important way for how we kind of get more attention to our podcast on iTunes. Um, and we want that to happen. We're also available on Stitcher. Um, so you can send us some love there, too.
1: If you're not sure what to write in the review, uh, <laughs> Whitney sounds very smart and Drew is funny sometimes. Five stars.
0: But right. don't go to their house because they have scabies. <laughs>
1: Only your house has scabies. <laughs> uh, Just a Face po- podcast is produced and very well produced by Whitney Crispell. The theme music is Urbana Metronica Woo Yeah Mix by Spinning Merkaba and used under a Creative Commons license. All
0: right. So have a great couple weeks, everybody. Have a great couple weeks,
1: Drew. I will.
0: And um, we'll see you back here. Thanks.